Mesh, welcome to Simulation. Thank you, Atlas. Thank you for having me here. Super pumped for our show together. I really have appreciated Mesh's presence in the No Limit Society a lot. Mesh does a really good job at holding space. And that is a skill that is emerging more and more as highly sought after by people that are experiencing awakening and the more pure the space holder the more they are of a navy seal spiritual navy seal the more out of the way they are of their conditioning and they're just holding the space from a place of pure service to the creation awakening so Mesh has definitely been doing that quite a bit, and I've really enjoyed that. So I'm pumped, pumped to share this with you all. We're I, gonna go ahead. I'm sorry. I uh, I was gonna say the first because I don't think you were on the first two calls we had. I was not. And um, it was really nice to see your presence. And I think I dropped in halfway through one of your guided meditations. Uh, for a little bit and it was beautiful it was just beautiful to see you know someone come up and provide a, a, provide more structure provide space for everyone because as you know we're all uh, it's the beginning of a new program and uh, it, we're co-creating it together so it, it, it's beautiful when people step up and put in a piece of themselves thank you Yeah, you were there the month prior to when I got involved and getting involved is so interesting because the first question to ask is where are you coming from when you're getting involved? Yeah. <laughs> and so now I'm undergoing this process of really purifying where I'm coming from so that it's not coming from the atlas needing to be seen which i found out is a pretty interesting core weakness and versus coming from a pure place of service perpetually and so that's been really interesting but like you said there's also the pure spontaneity that does arise where it's truly like beautiful just arising out of emptiness this this guiding the more talking conversation into something that's just a little bit more let's ease into the perfection that we already are for a little bit mm -hmm. and it's been really nice sort of also just getting reflected from all of you which are already really advanced level awakened beings the things that i get to work on myself and that's been really important yeah that question where am I coming from? It's so big. 
It's so big. It's all these, um, when you really dig into that, you start to see these layers of your personality emerging and then also falling apart, which is, which is beautiful because from about two months ago, at least two to three months ago, I was, or I should say Mesh was, a very different, very different person. Just so much need for validation and this desire to be seen. And, um, <laughs> okay wait we you gotta take us into this story we'll we'll talk about some of the other stuff on the journey of awakening but take us right into this this is like the heat of it the transition yeah. in the last couple of months from the need to be seen to more not that yeah so I didn't even realize there was a desire to be seen. It was so far hidden in the psyche and it was, it had expression, but it was not to my knowledge. And how it came to my awareness was a few years ago, I had a, I developed an autoimmune condition called myasthenia gravis. And um, I joined Bentino's no limits mentorship program and one of the first questions of mine was about healing and his answer had to do with how a lot of these illnesses come up for one of two reasons both kind of coming from the same reason but it's either it's a catalyst to bring to awareness what your overall blueprint came here to learn or there is some sort of karmic propensity for it so if you understand what the catalyst is trying to show you the symptoms and the illness will subside so it was because of this i had a deep dive into all these different aspects of my psyche and a lot of my desire to be seen came just from my upbringing. And this had nothing to do with, my parents were amazing, amazing parents, loved me to death. Um, the family I grew up in was very supportive. However, what you're told and what you see as a child is two very different things. So you're told by your parents, we love you, you know, we're here for you. However, just from cultural condition and cultural background, like, as we said before, I'm from Sri Lanka, and a lot of it, um, you know, there's so much pressure to do, to do well in school, and there's so much pressure to do well in everything. It's just coming from a poor country. It's, you know, education is the way out into happiness. It's a success in our in the version of success of what we call it. And, um, you know, I'd come, I'd come home with like all A's and a B and it's like, 
where did that beat come from? <laughs> or, you know, you get 90, 93, 94% on the test. It's like, what happened to the other 7%? And it's, again, it's coming, my parents are coming from a place where they just want me to excel. But for me, it's just, I, I'm thinking I got 93%. And it's not acknowledged. And all this, you know, so there was this crazy desire to want to be seen by my parents in such a way that I became, um, I became insanely focused on proving myself in whichever way I could. I, I, I used to go to the gym six to seven days a week and twice a day sometimes I wanted to get really big and strong. Same thing with career, self-help courses, everything. It was just trying to be a perfectionist, trying to it was it was this uh, just this little kid who wanted to be seen, and um, once that came to light, everything changed. It was it was this child who was who was acting for me. It was it was trying to please the child. All my actions came from trying to please the child everything everything try like um i'm in music and even the music it was like this thing to be seen if i make it in music if i have all this love from all these people this desire to be great it was all just this little this little kid's uh, desire to be seen so in the last few months all of that came to light and as you know i read you that uh my shadow work and uh, that was the beginning of this huge transformation where I realized none of that was me. None of that was me. It was all just um, black belief. It was all just things I associated with. And uh, yeah, that was the beginning of like a very big shift into where I'm, I'm sitting now. I would like to take a moment to really hone in on how much courage it takes to be so radically transparently honest with oneself and mesh is doing a great job at sharing with us what it's like to be this radically honest transparent energy in service to <clears throat> not saying look at what i found out and praise me, but doing it from a place of look at the nuanced subtlety that was hidden so deeply that takes a good amount of investigation and true honest receptivity to reflections to be able to identify because I'm going through some similar stuff right now. And man, it's really... This whole idea of a perpetual self-purification engine 
man, it feels like we're still at like stage one of some purification stuff right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, this whole child thing is so interesting because we are familiar with like the need to be seen because that happens as an adult a lot because you're trying to do something specifically to get the attention of other people and you can sort of decipher that if you gain even a little bit of subtlety you can really begin to get at that but this one is a little bit more nuanced because you in a sense you have to dig deeper into a history of your life trajectory and for me very similar thing with armenian family lineage and very similar like you know we got your ass to the united states so go do some shit you know? <laughs> what is, what is this consciousness nonsense so it doesn't pay any bills what the fuck is this yeah it's funny. I mean, my parents were traditional Buddhists. So there was some level of that in my life. However, even growing up learning Buddhism, something seemed off. Something that the type of traditional Buddhism that is being taught in temples, it's not complete. I think there was a sense of that, even from, um, even as a young kid, I'd be going to temple and my, my dad would give me a couple of dollars and he'd say, go put this in the donation bin. I'd say, oh, okay, why do we, why do we do this? And he said, because it's good karma. And to me, immediately that seemed like if you're doing it to get good karma, <laughs> doesn't the intention seem wrong off the bat? And, um, yeah, and even, I mean, I don't know what it was, just something, some, there were parts which resonated and there were parts which didn't resonate. And, um, however, I think it did set the stage. It definitely set the stage for me to be open and receptive at a later age to when the real kind of path came, came on my doorstep. Yes. Yes. Sri Aurobindo and the Mother Mira Alfasa have a great way of putting it, which is that a lot of the fundamental religions, they act as a stepping stone to spirituality. Mm -hmm. And Specifically, if you get to the mystic traditions within the religions, like for Buddhism, you get to Dzogchen and Zen and you have Advaita Vedanta and Sufi metaphysics and Gnosticism and a bunch of these scattered across Kabbalah and they'll drive you more towards the direct union with the kingdom of God within you. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit more clear, but there's still this sort of, in a sense, like what Bentinho is doing, which is taking this very synthesis driven perspective. It's like a meta pattern 
I've, I've been on a similar trek the last couple of years with doing that. And it also merges the self-realization side of the coin with the self-actualization side of the coin, which is basically what like Tony Robbins and Jordan Peterson, Gary Vaynerchuk do as well uh, on the self-actualization side and marry that with the self-realization side. And, and that's why right now this sort of modern way of sharing the nature is more resonant and that's why it feels like we're gravitating towards mm -hmm. this yeah mm -hmm. i agree yeah yeah cool so let's explore a a bit of the trajectory you've already shared with us but give us sort of like a pivotal turning point of like, okay, it's inward. The job is in. <laughs> and when like that clicked and then sort of when, <clears throat> me, if you would like to share some of these like, you know, like pop moments, like becoming aware of awareness or whatnot and becoming aware of being the creator and leading up to NLS. Sure. So like I said, from a young age, I did have a kind of inclination towards Buddhism, karma, rebirth. Um, these all resonated very strongly with me, meditation. These kind of tools resonated strongly with me, but there was like I said, there wasn't something that grabbed me. Then I went into high school and I started doing sciences and I did a full 180 and became complete atheist, complete, complete, absolute atheist. And uh, for me, it was like, yeah, it's science and that's it. There's nothing else. And if you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> seems like another world now but that's where i was and um yeah it was like atheistic like stereotype almost you know to the point where you know someone mentioned god i'm like you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> things along those lines and then um <clears throat> halfway through or my first year of university my mom gave me the Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And I read about two chapters and I was like, what is this crap? <laughs> I threw, like basically put the book down and I said, he's like, there was just so much in there that made no sense to me. And then maybe a year later, my mom gave me The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And she said, please just read this book. And she said, it's a little easier to get through than The Power of Now. And that was life changing. That was it. That was the moment. And I was like, all of this makes sense. All of this makes so much sense. Where he talks about the pain bodies, being present, how time is man-made. Um, there was just so much in that. It was a life-changing experience. And then from that point, I was just so hungry. I read The Power of Now after that. And Alan Watts became a huge part of... Um, my listenings all the time. I don't remember how 
I stumbled upon Bentinho, but had found a couple of his videos. I want to say it started with empowerment, with his empowerment series on YouTube from Trinfinity. And that really grabbed me because with creating, who doesn't want to attract things into your life, right? Who doesn't want to uh, create your own reality? And uh, that's what really got me into the empowerment side. But even now looking at that, it seems like a different life. It seems like even that was coming from ego. Even that was coming from, I want to create money. I want to create this and that. And um, where I got hooked, hooked on Bentinho was his, uh, during the pandemic, he did the free retreat, the world mm -hmm. retreat. That, that was one of the clearest paths to enlightenment, self-realization that anyone has ever laid out, hands down. Yeah. It was amazing. Just the description of the bodies and it was a path. It was an actual path. It wasn't meditate for 500,000 lifetimes, you know, and something could happen. And he said, no, it's possible now. now. It's possible in this lifetime. Yes. That was, that was the big, uh, big shift for me towards Bentinho's work. I wouldn't say I had any crazy pop out experiences in the sense of i truly felt oneness god i wouldn't say i had any crazy pop-out experiences like that however i definitely had experiences where i knew hands down that i was not this body i was not this mind that this body is creating an illusion of the reality we experience. And um, the first time that was very clear was during I did the Vipassana 10 days. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, on, on the eighth day, I remember I was just sitting and you know, you're feeling all the sensations, you're feeling into the body, and you're feeling all these waves go through you. And at one point, I just couldn't tell the difference of what was inside and outside. I couldn't tell the difference of where my body ended. I couldn't tell the difference between sound and feeling, or like if there was wind or what I was sitting on, it was all just vibration. All of it was just like, blah, like all of it was just vibration. And it was clear, I was like, our mind is saying, this vibration is sound, this vibration is touch. <laughs> this is inside me, this is outside me. But these are all mind labels. And that was the first time. It was just one field. It was a field of vibration. And it was so clear. So that was a very big transformational moment as well, I would say. And the other one was maybe about four to five months ago. I was. Um, when was the 10 day set? That was a while ago. I'd say maybe four years ago. Cool. Four years ago. Yeah. And just about four months ago, I had, I was meditating and I was very, uh, I was experiencing 
I was in the space of space and then in the space of awareness watching experiences come and go and at one point there was just this clarity that I am eternal yeah it was just I am eternal and it was it was so funny it seemed so obvious but it was that I'm aware of I am aware of this not I the body not I the mind I awareness I'm aware of everything that's happening right now yeah if this body dies I will just be aware of what's happened what else is happening it was so it was just obvious it's like I will be here regardless of what is coming in and out of this experience I am before this experience. And if this experience goes, I will still be here. And that was very, very powerful. It's so, it was so clear and so obvious. It was, how does nobody see this? But I mean, coming out of that experience, yes, you, you can see why it's, it's, it's a subtlety. And um, yeah, and then after that, I've just been following Bentinho on Instagram. I saw the No Limit Society and immediately said I'm going to sorry no limits mentorship and said no matter what I'm going to be there I don't care and um, it was weird because he asks you to send a video in and that's basically just what I said on the video I said I I'm not sure how long I can stay I'm not sure how long I can commit to it but I know I want this so this resonates so strongly and I know I have to be here right now and um yeah that's how i got involved and then after the two months um, i just had this he said no limit society was emerging and i just had this resonance this pull to be part of no limit society and i didn't know why because i mean no limits mentorship was so good it was so amazing had so many shifts there but i felt this pull and like part of his teachings is follow the resonance, right? Follow the resonance. So that's what I did. And um, I'm really happy I did because I feel a I've met so many, so many just beautiful people. And I've been able to learn act like learn a ton from the calls we're having. And secondly, I feel as though there's there's some sort of co-creation in this overall vision and the society happening at the same time, which I, I couldn't have been a part of if I was still a part of No Limits Mentorship. Okay. I'm going to plant a flag there and we'll get back to what you just wrapped with. So... beautiful share on the trajectory on the awakening on the recognizing the true nature i found your share with the swing into the science the analysis of form infinity and even dabbles of atheism to be fascinating because I've noticed that many of the greatest 
spiritual minds that I know are those that have swung the pendulum the deepest into the science and then have swung it into the spiritual and are now in a process of merging the two into one. And I have a strong feeling that that's mostly what the 21st century is going to be about. And I would also like to say that that global enlightenment retreat was world-class and that, <laughs> yeah. And also similarly as, so Patricia commented that she had the same experience in Vipassana, wow. which is, which is awesome. And I also had a similar experience in Vipassana and that's probably one of the best ways to use one of the direct teachings of the Buddha to calm the noisy mind. Mm -hmm. And as you do that, you commune with the true nature and you can then add that into your said sort of lattice work because Eckhart Tolle will teach you something that's, you know, another angle up this mountain, right? And so you add these different paths slash faces of the mountain to make a really strong lattice work around the true nature. And another thing that I was going to say while you're speaking, but I saved it, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this first, and then we'll get to what you wrapped with, is would you say that the ground or Rigpa in essence is emptiness, source, and then infinite creation. It seems it's not in my experience deep enough for me to say that with conviction, but what I can say is that it's clear that there is a space within which everything happens. And are you that space? It seems so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard, you know, because it's easy to parrot back things you hear and it's easy to, yeah. you know, take what you hear from these teachers like Bentinho and Sri Nisargadatta and, but I mean, one thing I know a lot of these, these um, teachers, they tell you is don't believe anything. That's right. Don't believe anything. It's it's within you to see it for yourself. And um, when you talk about this field of vibration, though, mm -hmm. that was a direct experience. Yes. Yes. 
the but even that vibration is within something more subtle even mm -hmm. that vibration is within a space mm -hmm. yeah but it has to be you otherwise how how would it be within your experience otherwise One of the core teachings of Siddhara Meshwar, as you think, so you are. And so passing that along to Nisargatata, who has passed it along to many as well, is the holding of said absolute, that very source of infinite possibility, and then sort of, as we've talked about with Frank Yang on the show several times as well, is like, okay, it's intellectual. And then it becomes more and more experiential. And then it's like, okay, well, what happens if I just like sit and not do anything? <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the ship becomes realized <clears throat> yeah yeah sitting and not doing anything it's so hard for the mind <laughs> what are we doing bruh we gotta do some shit bruh <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. But you know what? Once you once you realize the mind is just fighting for its own survival and you let it be there, but you don't identify with it, it becomes such a beautiful practice. So beautiful. Just grounded. You feel unshakable. Unshakable. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah and then the polar opposite like you just said is the abiding in emptiness and the unshakability it's so strong it's so strong when you're in that space you just feel like it's eternal unshakable whatever happens you're still here anything that happens you're still here I'm curious where your hesitation comes from because you seem <laughs> you seem quite familiar with direct experience and yet what is that which feels the 
potential of I am not good enough to be able to say that I know. It's funny, I said, um, I told you I went through this big transformation of needing validation and wanting to be seen. <clears throat> I think simultaneously, there's still a lingering doubt, distortion of, it's funny, it's paradoxical, wanting to be seen, yet fear of being seen. Right, because with um, as Bentini has talked about, the the more authentically you are yourself, it comes with both sides of being seen. And um, it comes with the people, the diehards who resonate with everything you say, and the opposite polarity of those who really dislike what you say. I don't know if you saw it, but on Bentinio's Instagram one day, he wrote, he, he screenshotted something someone wrote on one of his comments and someone had written, I hope you rot in a prison cell. And um, he said, even though he, he doesn't really identify with it, it still to a certain extent irks him when he's trying to show love and support for the entire globe, he says something like that. You know, and... Um, Have you ever heard the aphorism? It goes, with the crown comes the guillotine. Haven't, no. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We take on so much of maximizing the potential of the collective and are very misunderstood and very similarly if you were to watch these two dudes from you from seven years ago watching us have this conversation you'd be like what do they mean? Don't do anything and sit in emptiness. <laughs> yeah. My atheist self would have been like lazy. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that's the paradigmatic shift that is coming where the resonance of silence becomes more truly loved. Right now, there's no love for that empty source space. When was the last time that you just looked at space? That's one of my favorite exercises. I love looking at space. Every time I look at space, I become space. Mm -hmm. And it's just emptiness. Mm -hmm. 
<clears throat> and so you think it's like out of the 16 hours of waking perception that people have daily, 8 billion, right? So it's... somewhere around let's say uh 128 billion waking hours of human perception daily what what percentage of that is past And my estimate would be it's less than 1%. I agree. And that's the shift in 2020, 2030 is a shift to 1%, 2%, 3% popularizing it more and more to where people recognize that, wow, how is it possible that if you gather, for example, you were just on a camping trip. Right, and we gather people in our living room, let's say, in our houses or whatnot. And typically what happens is you gather three, five, seven people, whatnot, and everyone talks, talk, 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 all night long, talk, 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 talk. Oh, there's some space, need to fill it with talking. And what you learn is that sometimes when you're around really subtle awakened people and nobody talks and you just abide in silence together, that there's actually more awakening that is catalyzed through silence than there is through talking. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it was Alan Watts. He was talking about how something to do with the human condition and we think and the only thing we think about are thoughts. And then we think more about thoughts and we have other thoughts about those thoughts. <laughs> so where where's the space for learning? Where's the space for growth? You're having the same thoughts over and over and over again and th thinking about those thoughts. And um, yeah, just what you said about the silence, even going back to doing, like we were talking about, you have to do something, but the person you think is doing something doesn't even exist. So who is it that's doing something? And I think Bentinho, he was saying on the, uh, might've been call number two or three, the physical is the crystallization of the vibration. It is the end result. How can you do something from the end result? 
it's cool. the end, right? All doing is an unfolding of the vibrational state. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. So focusing on that vibration is integral. This has been talked about for a while, which is that as we navigate our way back inward with that absolutes GPS callback, and we hit this ineffable, changeless nature, beyond all coming and going, We, Lao Tzu says, Wu Wei, there is this very effortless action that arises, as is said in Rikpa, in Dzogchen, the very spontaneous presence and creativity unfolding. Now, that, depending on the skill, will be a specific caliber, let's say, of bodhisattva. For example, if one spent 20 years in understanding science and engineering and entrepreneurship and art, it is easier for them to be a architect of the protocols that enable the meeting of the sustainable development goals. Whereas if somebody lands at said ineffable changeless that does not have that experience, then there's a different style of bodhisattva. And so every single time that one of the planetary basic needs is met, we have to also remember that that is what also enables people to investigate the changeless. Because ain't nobody got time to go inward when it's bouncing between two 40-hour-per-week jobs to feed three kids. Absolutely. And so what will happen when we create that universal basic stakeholding infrastructure where people actually have their basic needs being met so that they can embark on these virtual reality pedagogies that sort of take them through an investigation of who am I? What is I? What is me? 
and go through this style of like VR, AR, mixed reality style pedagogy of this journey inward that then leads them to the recognition and then that makes them more of a pure shepherd or steward for the awakening. So I always like to I always like to say that there is simultaneously these little like asterisks along that way, which is that the, the protocols when you have your needs being met enables more of the investigation inward and also depending on what you learned prior to uniting enables you as a bodhisattva. I'm curious as to what you think of cases like Eckhart Tolle's awakening. Do you know his story? I'm not sure if he shared it in The Power of Now. It was in one of the two books. I forget which one. But basically, long story short, he was in a suicidal state. He had no prior seeking in this life at least there was no prior seeking there was no distilling no no shadow work he uh was suicidal he was ready to kill himself he was in a suicidal state and he had this thought that was i can't live with myself and then he started thinking about that thought i can't live with myself who is the i that the self cannot live with and then he realized there was a, he, there was a separation being created in the mind, the I and the self that is separate to the I. And he had went into an immediate vortex and he woke up, his entire perspective, everything had changed. He had no idea what happened to him. Absolutely no idea what happened to him, but he just said, I started noticing the sunlight, picked up a pencil, it was beautiful. I went and sat in a park bench, basically like no home in pure bliss for days. And it was only after a little while later when he was searching that he found out what had happened to him. So I'm like, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on stories like that, where it's just instantaneous. This is the beauty of intelligent infinity is that you'll never come to the end of all possibility and so you'll get these awakenings that happen on the spectrum of decades and decades and decades and decades and, decades. and then you'll get these awakenings that are sudden so the gradual and sudden are two poles and that people ebb and flow between them people get pops people sometimes have no idea what happens for days and then they're like how do i get back to that what was that and yeah. all this type of stuff and it's fascinating and over time we'll end up documenting more of people's unique experiences with satori on the program and then be sharing that and making it streamlined in the media how cool would it be to have literally, you know, a channel that only featured people talking about their Satori? Amazing. Perfect. Amazing. And right now we have two 
polls of in the United States, at least it's very liberal versus conservative propaganda. And it has absolutely nothing to do with enlightenment or awakening and the investigation inward. And so now imagine what it would look like if you had a poll that was like featuring people awakening gradually and then another one that was featuring people awakening suddenly and they were kind of like bickering a little bit and showcasing examples I mean, that would be cool i tweeted that shit every night yeah yeah but you know what it's beautiful that there are channels like yours you know there's like gaia now which is i mean which is a netflix for i wouldn't say i don't know about everything on it but i've watched a, f a few things and they're beautiful there's a couple of really a lot of really cool content things you are doing um you know like um richard condon stuff bentinho stuff there's there's all of these beautiful prophets emerging and even oprah had eckhart she had eckhart tolle on and she did a whole book club with him which was really cool Yeah, it's really clear that the awakening is entering into the media space via all these nodes that you just listed in. It's awesome. Two things that we should cover. One of them is what you wrapped with about 20 or 30 minutes ago. You were talking about the unnuanced difference in NLM and NLS. Can you share slash unpack that at however much you you feel comfortable with? For sure. Um, as you know, there's only so much we can share because of our NDAs. Um, it's funny, when I first joined, came into NLS from NLM, it seemed a little scattered to me. But now, in retrospect, it was the same when we, on the first month of NLM. And both were, I feel actually now that I'm thinking about it, very fortunate to be part of the beginning of both programs. So it, um, just to see how, you know, things progressed. One of the subtleties I would say is Bentinho's presence in the family chat makes a, a very big difference. The energy, the space, the direction he brings, it it's just like this North Star, you know? If there's any topics that are, I don't want to say misunderstood, but if there's certain discussions between topics or there's a certain, you know, two people are, quote-unquote bickering about about a certain topic Pantino can step in and kind of give his his more give his guidance from a from a clearer perspective from a clearer perspective and it makes a big difference in the evolution of um everybody everybody that that is and also he has this, he's the leader, he has a leadership role. He has a leadership presence. In NLS, we're all peers. 
So there's this room for, you know, if Bentinho says something, everyone's kind of like, okay, cool, this makes sense. And if um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, like any different from what I'm about to say, but like there are reflections pointed out and our own distortions come through in that as well, right? It's not, it's not always clear. It's not always coming from the clearest place, even if it's uh, unconscious. So that I would say is kind of the, the, the differences, the biggest kind of differences, and also the fact that it's 90 people versus 23 people. Yep. Right. And, um, but that being said, in the last week or two, the energy shift in NLS has been huge huge yep. it's beautiful it's beautiful like i said there's leaders stepping up there's people providing structure there's you started a meditation call and um yeah there's just the energy shift has been and i think it's just because you know you start a new group everyone's trying to like find their place there's all these personalities um that think they need to like fulfill their own personal desires but once it all kind of settles in and everyone is on the same page it's the energy shift it's so nice now it's really nice it's a lot quieter and it's a lot more intentional it's mm. a lot more um, service to others I would say as opposed to I think a lot of shares earlier were it wasn't even shares i think there was a lot of intention before and just connecting and just excited to be around other people who are in who are on the same path but now it's settled more into a purification intention beautiful great share i also feel like Ula's recommendation with accountability partners ended up clearing out a lot of the NLS chat because now we do it with our partners, a lot of the work, which is Absolutely. super interesting. Absolutely. And I think uh, Nathan, was it Nathan who shared uh, the structure? The document, the structure, he shared a document that gave structure to the, the accountability partners, which was Really good. Was that Mark and Sonia? Oh, maybe. Oh, you're right. It was. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. Yep. Yep. And that's been huge. I feel like this is the general trajectory of groups, like you indicated, is that if you look at another click, let's say Bezos and the executives at Amazon, there's a small group of the C-level execs that continuously discuss Amazon's trajectory. And then there's a group of maybe a hundred of the vice presidents. Mm -hmm. And they're in another group where Bezos doesn't pop in as much or whatever, just to give an analogy. And that the VPs in the group of 100 maybe at first are a little bit hey, like 
improve myself in this way or that way. And then over time, it's kind of more of a, maybe more of a little bit of a relaxing, a little bit more of a, it's, there's a divine unfolding aspect to this. And this is a juxtaposition that does no longer really holds because in the business sphere, there's, there's no, there's not much awakened in the business sphere. So there's, there's no sort of relaxing into the divine perfection that it is. There's a perpetual, I will do because of the watch, because I think that the material possession is going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. But so in the case of what's happening in NLS, it does really feel like there's a sort of a natural, both relaxation into the surrender divine unfolding of what's happening along with that bit of beautiful structure like what you were saying with maybe Ula coming in and saying hey accountability partners what do you guys think or like hey guys what about these you know these NLS I would say that one of the components that's most successful in the group right now is when Bentinho gives an assignment or when we say that, hey, let's take one of those video calls from the No Limits Mentorship, I'll watch it, and then have a conversation about it. In a sense, this very like intention-driven, and I think that has a lot to do with what you were saying about the intention-drivenness of it and also the purification-drivenness of it, because now there's like the in a sense it feels like the navy seals aspect to it is kicking in a little bit more which is which is in a sense what i'm i'm most excited about i yes. I, I love it when there's other navy seals that are like yo there's a call on saturday about some of the profound bits in one of the nlm videos and it's like Yep, that's a homework assignment. You know, I'm on it. You know, I'm on it because, like, I know what that's going to provide for the further purification and the purification of where we're coming from in service, etc. So, this is probably one of my favorite conversations that I've had with another NLS member because we're doing it really surgically and really precisely while maintaining the sacredness of the NDA and whatnot. And I think that it's also cool to have this with you because you came in a month before me, I've been in for about a month now, and that we're now having a conversation about the structure, which will, in a sense, be a cool way for people that are entering in to further which is what nlm did nlm did this process and we recently saw that sort of get replied to a little bit ago where it was beautiful watching as they created some sort of a how do we keep our living room clean was one of the small ways to think about it right how do we keep our living room clean is one of the ways to think about it so there's a lot of fascinating aspects to group dynamics like this mm -hmm. that I feel like are going to be critical as more of the awakening picks up. Yes. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, I think 
one of like you nailed it by saying the in, the intention has shifted a lot and it's it doesn't seem as though the shares seem very intentional and service to others. It's not sharing to look at me. It's not sharing to be seen. It's sharing with intention to, to provide, to support, to illuminate. There was a share recently, I believe it was by Nada. And um, I watched it today and she shared it a few weeks ago and it was it really helped me refine uh, my calling today. And she shared a video with Richard Condon. Yeah. I saw your reply to that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, like I said, it's, just, it's, it's really, it's really great to see the shift that NLS is in right now. And I know the team, um, they have, uh, there's still the Ventino on the team. They're still doing a lot of refinement and there's a lot of ideas coming up. And so, yeah, it should be, it should be exciting to see where it goes. Because I was just gonna say, because Bentinho, his his calling is to ignite global awakening, and he really sees both of these as as tools towards that, as very yes. strong tools. Yep. And the callings that are shining in NLS are all part of this mission and the mission is very beautifully both centralized and decentralized which is really fascinating and it's It's sacred. There's just no other way to speak about it. It's just sacred. And we're grateful beyond words that we're here. And it's unbelievable, this guidance that has been happening. There's that little meme where it's like the higher self is, 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 is pushing the... <laughs> You, it's like you're in the little cart and the higher self is pushing you down the hill. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, <laughs> and, and like, there's like just so much gratitude for landing in this spiritual Navy SEALs container and the, we were messaging about this like a week or two ago where we were just reflecting on just how just yummy it's just it tastes delicious it feels really good on the nervous system this intention driven purification driven awakening driven navy seals-esque style of approach which i can't find anywhere else i yeah it's just it's not as cleanly reflecting impurities and ascending and awakening and weaving realizations into the fabric. I really liked what Bentinho and team reflected to me in Costa Rica 
which was something along the lines of you're not ready. And it was really important because they had this analogy, which is your need to force your perspective is what's going to create holes in the ship. So until you can relax your perspective and hold the view of the absolute, from a completely pure place with the intention of just transparent purification, you can't be yet ready, which is why it looks like the NLM is slowly becoming ready. Mm-hmm. And, and so for those that don't know, there's like a no limits mentorship layer up here that's closest to like Bentinho and the existing team. And then there's the no limit society, which is sort of this next level layer, which is there's about a hundred people in this one. And then there's about 23, as Mesh said, in the no limits mentorship one, which is where Bentinho is kind of directly coming in and chatting and they're keeping the living room more clean. And now this seems like this living room is being kept more clean of the NLS, which is great. Yep. So blessed beyond words. It's amazing. It's like you said, the, I don't, I haven't found anything else that's similar to this because there are a lot of spiritual communities, at least from the ones I've experienced, or at least ones i've yeah the ones i've experienced are more that fourth density like me all too. love martyr yeah you know martyrdom and stuff like that so this is just a, it's just coming i feel like from a cleaner a, a cleaner space yep I would say the general zeitgeist of the fourth density heart chakra opening community, which is the vast majority of spiritual community, is the inability to balance with wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that's why the law of one density ascent resonates so deeply with us is because that is really the core aspect to what's wrong in a sense with that overly zealous love martyrdom and that's why people go and relentlessly overzealously need to awaken their family and their friends and that the jokes are endless the endless shadow work the endless trauma work the endless tree hugging and tree planting and um and you never even get an understanding of what it's like to be a mirror. You never get to that understanding. And that's a shame because there's nothing as beautiful as being so empty that you get to hold space for the pure service to the awakening of the creation through that process 
because it's so needed right now for people to be awakened enough and open enough and empty enough like that to provide those reflections to those that are most, which is what you could say happened to me as I described to you my experience by the team getting that style of reflection. And only those truly willing to receive said reflection and not run away. It's easy to get it and be like, this community telling me what they think about you and I left and then run away because you know you got hijacked by the conditioning to run away. Mm-hmm. And now you go to somewhere more comfortable. Do the Navy SEALs run away to what's more comfortable? And so, yep. Yeah, that, um, it's so easy to avoid discomfort and suffering and do everything in your power to not feel. (laughs) It's so easy. And, um, I mean, I've, I was talking with somebody recently who was saying it's almost like they're trying to use spiritual concepts to avoid it. So it's like in, in, in a way saying, I'm just meditating so I don't suffer. I'm meditating so I don't suffer. So I was like, what, what's wrong with suffering? What's wrong with suffering? If it's coming up, why, why are you avoiding it? And she's like, well, I just want to be in my power. I just want to be in my power. Great. So isn't the most powerful thing we can do to let what comes up come up? Isn't that true power to not run away? So yeah, there's this distortion of um, spiritual concepts that are actually hurting the awakening process. And again, I think that comes from this fourth density, heavy uh, emphasis. Precisely. And I would like to wrap with asking you about your calling being about joy and clarity. Mm-hmm. And what that means to you and what you've felt that you would like to create as experiences for people to feel? Even with identifying my calling today, this morning, I was really refined into joy and clarity. When I watched that video shared by Nada, 
it was very elusive for me for a long time. Ever since I was young, I knew I was kind of like whenever I saw my mom upset, I would go give her a tissue. Or like if I saw someone hurting, I would go talk with them and sit with them, ask them what's wrong. And I think this, so I initially thought my calling had to do with funny because what we just talked about, but I thought my um, calling had to do with helping people get rid of their suffering. But in NLM, it became abundantly clear through many reflections to me that I wanted to stop people from suffering because I was uncomfortable with suffering. And suffering plays a very key role in your awakening process. And one of my favorite quotes by Mancino is, um, are you, it's, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something along the lines of, are you so arrogant to think you know better than their higher self? (laughs) (laughs) And I love that. (laughs) Love it. So this was like back to square one for me. What do I want to do? How do I want to affect people? And obviously it was around service to others. And um, just listening to Robert, uh, sorry, Richard Condon today, he was saying, what kind of world do you want to live in? What kind of world do you want to create? And just listening to him, I was was just trying to sit in the space of what really resonates for me, what really resonates. And I think the flip of getting rid of people's suffering, I don't want to get rid of their suffering. But I do, I get, I love it when I see people just in, in a joyful, blissful state. It's so beautiful because you know that they're not like in per they're not a person in that moment in that joyful state it's not a person anymore it's just pure connection it's pure like vibration and bliss and it's not it's such an expansive feeling so that's the joy that's the joy like when you see somebody do something selfless for somebody else and they you see the joy they get from from that mm. it's just such an expansive feeling beautiful just, <laughs> and um the clarity i think the clarity is the other thing um when i mean clarity i mean helping people or it doesn't even have to be me helping people it's just when people see if there was something in someone's experience that was contracting, contract or contracted for them, understanding that that is false. You're identifying, you're contracting because you're identifying with something false. And then when they have the clarity to see, when they actually have the moment of clarity, oh my God, that was false. Holy cow, what a beautiful thing that is. Mm. <laughs> uh, you're great. Um, just to share an experience where that happened to me, 
was I was meditating. Um, this was recently. I think I shared it. I'm not sure if you were on the group at this point, but I shared it in NLS. I was meditating and I was sitting in the space causal body and I was trying to who's aware of thought, who's aware of the space, who's aware of the space. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get into this space and all these little, my mind just keeps popping up with this and my mind keeps popping up with that and my mind keeps popping up with this. And I started to get frustrated. And I, and then I, I noticed that this judgment and all this little judgments come up saying, you've been meditating for so long. Why are you still struggling with this? You've been meditating for so long. Why are you focusing on this? And then I noticed the judgment and then I became aware of the judgment. And I had this beautiful moment of clarity where I have never judged myself. A thought of judgment arises and I choose to identify with the thought of judgment, but I have never judged myself. And that moment of clarity, it was huge, huge. Because that's God. That's how God sees you. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So if I could help people to have these same types of realizations, to see themselves the way God sees them, to know there's nothing to be scared of. That's where, that's the kind of work I want to do. How does it look like? I'm not Perfect. sure yet, but we'll let it unfold. Mm. 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 I just want to give you hugs. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Have you talked with V about joy? No. Could be interesting for you guys to talk about joy because you talk about joy from a really high understanding of it and he does as well. And I would say that that taste that you described, um, he also describes and so that's why and yeah and the yeah that would be a good idea and then the clarity also okay. it it really is the cessation of the arguing with god yeah. and all of the clarity comes from the turn inward and the cessation of the arguing and the clarity and just with my calling with people experiencing truth one of the most simple ways that people can do that is like you described with this point of deep clarity that they feel when they see that oh shit, i'm aware of awareness i'm aware of being i'm aware of i am i'm aware of i exist I'm finally becoming more aware of that and less focused on objects, mm -hmm. substances, relationships, experiences that will make me happy. 
And so that shift inward, then also as they unite with that clarity, they see everything as one intelligence at play with itself. Mm-hmm. And then even the identity of the person dissolves. Mm-hmm. And this is a sort of a big transformational moment of clarity because the taking on the universe as your, as Frank Yang says, cosmic octopus. <laughs> so now you've become the cosmic octopus having right. endless sex and play with itself. And then you really are like, okay, like mesh is a tentacle and I'm a tentacle and there's 7.9999999 billion other tentacles and yeah and there's all the other like sentient species on the planet and there's just a lot of you know dogs and cats are trying to become humans and uh, there's like so much stuff there's higher selves in the equation and and you you really become humble enough to stop being arrogant and to stop arguing and you get more clarity <laughs> i love the tentacles <laughs> <laughs> Frank and I will be doing some work in the visualization of that. And we're really looking forward to making that more mainstream because it does feel like these visualizations of these sort of centerless, non-dual, even the very no self that this has a a large propensity to ignite awakening because so many are very visual. You already are the universe. You are the source of the universe. You are this creation, but you the contracted identity that's all it's all game of identity Mm -hmm. just relax that contracted identity and you'll get the joy and the clarity Mm -hmm. and you'll get to weave the realizations into society by being a steward a shepherd by being empty and holding that mirror like space and there's just it's uh it's so rich everywhere you look to see the one intelligence. It's so rich. And then, yeah. And then it all makes sense. It all clicks because you've went all the way in to realize that you are that which manifested this at play with itself. In terms of um, what you said about visualization, for me, one of the, I love um, Bentinio's video game analogy. 
because um, I play a lot of video games and um, it's, it's, it's so good because right now, let's say you're playing like Grand Theft Auto or something. You're in this world, you're controlling this character, but you're believing you're the character. You're believing you're the character, except everything in that world is an expression of one thing. It's all pixels or it's all ones and zeros. That character does not exist. You, the higher you, the person, the higher self is controlling or guiding this character. But as soon as you begin to believe you're that character, then you've lost, uh, you've become, you're behind that veil. You're behind that veil of forgetfulness right <laughs> and it's as if the character if the character in the video game doesn't really do anything it doesn't do anything it's guided by you it's guided by the controllers guided by the user and i love i love that analogy because it's so apt to for a visual representation yeah it is A higher self component with the video game character is really strong there. And also the game console as source itself, yeah. and then the different games being the creations. Yeah. Infinite games, infinite <laughs> characters. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's also been called the eternal stage. And you appear and disappear, and you appear and disappear. But will you learn to identify yourself as that which does not appear and disappear, as that which is the source of it, as that which is beyond coming and going? Mm -hmm. And so this is the shift in identity, shift your identity. But along with shifting your identity, we've learned that you know, love, and accept yourself. Because God already does. Perfect. Perfect. I love what Bentino shared today on the mentorship about quantum acceptance. Did you get a chance to read that? It was one of the last messages. But he's okay. about in, I think, either the Costa Rica retreat or the one he's doing now. A new term that came up was, that came out of him was uh, quantum acceptance, where there's acceptance, where you're trying to accept all these different things. Quantum acceptance is understanding that everything is already accepted by God, nothing is rejected. Perfect. I see it. It's Perfect. It's already accepted yes yeah that was so beautiful it was perfect whole term understand that everything is already accepted see the entire creation at play with itself as already fully accepted by the very source that manifested the creation to play with itself 
It's only our noisy mind that says that. I cannot accept. So distance yourself from that noisy mind through the breath. There's many good practices to relax into just being, into just awareness, just I am, I exist. Not trying to get anything out of it. <clears throat> That's another great one. Full radical acceptance and not needing to extract anything. These are the types of things that people will get access to by joining the No Limit Society, which we've been putting in the links in the bio of our conversations with members. Yeah. So do, if this resonates with you, just check out the link in the bio below, go and read what Bentinho and the team wrote about the No Limit Society. They really meticulously wrote about it so that those that are truly adepts ready for this can gain access to these insights that we're talking about right now. It's such a powerful space. It is such a powerful space. I can tell you I've been doing self-help work for at least a decade. And lots of great insights, absolutely. But nothing is transformational. Nothing. Nothing. We get we gotta think like when we're 18, we're not really ready at when we where we were at to take on in a sense the information in the change in identity the shift mm -hmm. to seeing everything as the creator at play with itself already radically being perfect and accepting it the way it is and <clears throat> now albeit there are i know 18 year olds now that know this yeah, yeah. which is amazing in the awakening but this is why we've went through this so-called 10-year process of, yes, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. becoming ready. We prepared ourselves. For sure. Yes. Yeah. But also ran amok. Yeah. N not very direct, yeah, but also somewhat direct, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my self-help stuff was ego-based. It had nothing to do with self-realization. It was just, how do you be more efficient? How do you make your memory better? How do you get stronger faster? You know, <laughs> like, that's what I was learning. I was learning from CEOs, like, you know, don't, not like don't sleep, but like, you want to be working 80 hour weeks if you want to be successful. That's the content I was consuming when I was my atheist <laughs> um, uh, kind of period. And even when I was into self-realization, I was still consuming a lot of that stuff because I didn't know this concept of 
unfold, uh, the doing unfolding out of the vibration. Yes. And what was my vibration at that point? It was terrible. It's I want to be something, which means conversely that I am not something. So, yeah, it's just raising your vibration, let it unfold. The roots, the roots, focus on the roots. Yep. And where, where are the roots? They're right next to the, they're the horizon of the black hole. nourish repeatedly without any expectation. Mm-hmm. And then we unfold from that vibrational state. Mm-hmm. Wow. So many good ones. There's that one who's aware of the space, abiding in emptiness, unshakable, eternal versus mind. We got to do some shit, bro. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the eternal source space of all possibility. This one from the beginning, to what extent are my actions trying to please the child versus be in pure service to others? Understand what the catalyst is trying to show you. Where am I coming from? To what extent am I coming from needing to be seen? Amazing show together, Mesh. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a blast and I love what you're doing here. I love I love what you're doing here. It's so beautiful. It's so great. It's an honor and I've shared this with V, is that the guests that come on the show have a unique aroma. They have a unique taste of union. And so we get to share that and with the audience and in the process, we get to capture a cool piece of content and we, and we get to do this tennis style dialectic creation talking to itself and as that happens guess what the soul attunement also gets stronger and so i the atlas soul gets to learn a lot from these processes and then the guests also do and Mm -hmm. that's also really fun is when the guest is like this created a forcing function for me to share. And in the sharing process, I ended up learning about how to say something a way that I previously hadn't thought of before or whatnot. Absolutely. Your, our mini conversation yesterday over text where you just briefly said, yeah, we're just going to let it flow and talk about that. And you, I think in passing, you mentioned calling and I was like, man, I'm not a hundred percent sure on my calling. Like it's still not, um it's i knew what it was surrounding but it wasn't 
articulated clearly enough. And because this triggered me to go deep into that uh, Richard video today. And it was beautiful. And I thank you for that because I was on cloud nine this morning when I recognized what it was. <laughs> I was on cloud nine. And it was because, you know, when you identify it, you you identify by the feeling of expansiveness that you get from it. And I was just like, this is it. This is it. This is why I'm here. This is why I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And the second just most delicious feeling, which is embedded within this first for me around the calling of people experiencing truth is people unleashing their callings, yes. right? That's such a critical part of this. And so the creation wants itself to unleash its callings by all of the turns inward and the stopping of the arguing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it came also because Nada put the content in and Absolutely all of these components that lined up doop 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 and then it was like unlock yay totally yeah totally that's such a beautiful creation that was a really good one the quantum acceptance that's a really good one Full, radical, devotional, surrendered acceptance that you as a person do not know as much as the very source of it all already radically loves and accepts it all. So relax the fuck out of that contracted ass, selfish ass perspective. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that a lot. It's like going all the way in to the very emptiness itself and then realizing that the emptiness already fully accepts its infinite creation. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and ah. One of Mantino's arrogant quotes I love is, are you so arrogant to think that you're the only thing that's not accepted in this world? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Boom. Just so strong. I'm so grateful. Definitely one of my favorite NLS convos we've had on the program. It's just on fire, Mesh. So good. I honestly appreciate you having me here. I got so much out of it, and I'm sure your audience will get out of, a lot out of everything you're doing here and I, I hope it grows man i hope it grows to infinity and everyone who needs to see this sees this yeah we have uh 
a beautiful array, especially recently in the last month of very high level awakened tennis players that have come on and have blossomed. And so especially this last month, highly recommend people to go back and listen to the conversations and take some notes, reflect on what's been shared. And especially, I'm just saying stuff like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody can relate to this. <laughs> Even if you don't know what the stillness is, you can like kind of relate to it. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. And let's see where should we um where should we recommend people to can people follow you somewhere? Instagram, YouTube, yeah, anything? Yeah, I mean, Instagram's fine. Um, I've been kind of inactive on it. It's mostly for my music stuff, but it's not um, kind of surrounding this content. Um, yeah, you can Instagram's Instagram's fine. I'm sure. I'm sure I will cool. now that my calling is more clear. I will be sharing more content in relation to that clarity enjoy awesome we'll have the link in the bio below to yeah give mesh a follow and let us know i just want to say even if someone just wants to have a conversation feel free to i'm like i can have jump on a call like anytime i love having conversations if anybody just wants to talk or discuss anything i can offer any insight i do have and I would love to. I would love to. Thank you. So nice. Excellent. So message in for Convo and let us know your thoughts in the comments below on the episode. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I'd love to hear from you about what resonated and also to share it with other people that you feel like this would resonate with. Like the video if it brought you value. Helps the algorithm. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet. And infinite love that was fire perfect thank you atlas thank you mesh thank you thank you everyone appreciate you cool i'll end the broadcast we'll stay in the studio thanks everyone much love much love